it always makes me smile, this one. Um, my son, Jack, when he was 14, he work shadowed me for a day. And I gave him a little notepad. I said, just write down, just write down anything that comes to mind, anything at all, don't matter what it is. And being a 14-year-old boy, he wrote barely anything. <laughs> you know, because that was far that was far too much like effort. That was more like school. But on the train home, it was a long day, and um, and I said, so, so what did you write down? And he showed me it. And one of the things he'd written down was, and this really did choke me up. He said, you talk to your clients like you talk to your friends. And I said to him, you 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 won't know this now. I said, I'll remind you in about ten years' time how much, how unbelievably much that means for me. Yeah. To see that you actually noticed it for as mm. much as anything else. Mm. Welcome, Mike, man of Kent. <laughs> Kentish man. Do you, do you want to say a bit about yourself before we get yeah, into more questions? Yeah, so I'm Mike. I'm 55 and I live in Kent. I'm married to Jane and I have two um, kids kids jack's 25 or 25 in a few weeks and anna's 22 um i've worked yes worked for a big four firm for 34 years so um been a uh, in audit always in audit always in london always lived in kent it sounds really boring doesn't it how have you found being confined to your office for the last 11 months now yeah, I know. Well, horrible, you know, really horrible. Technically, it's fine. Technically, it works really well. You know, you can, uh, there's often I'm sitting in a boardroom and I'm, um, I don't quite know whether the person at the far end is really listening to me or, or playing Tetris or snoozing or whatever. But, you know, when, when you're on, when you're on teams, you know, you're like this, you've, you've, you've got their attention and, and they've got your attention. And, and, and I think technically it, it from a communication point of view, there's many things that I think are better, but, but it's two-dimensional. You know, you can't, it's difficult to, to just um, be yourself yeah. uh, and, and just get those nice little unscripted interactions and little touch points that, uh, that really mm. fuel, you know, f- fuel relationships. Mm. You know, it isn't just about the headshot. It's about mm. communication is so much more than that. Mm. Um, the, yeah, language isn't just yeah. the face. So the first question I had was to find, uh, just sort of bring some kind of an object or something that was in your surroundings um, that says something about you. Have you got anything? I've got two things, actually. Um, if you indulge me two rather than one, hey, you might as well. <laughs> um, and as we're on, as we're on video, uh, so my first thing is um, you, you talked, thank, thankfully, or thank you for the book plug. Um, mm. So I so I had prostate cancer back in 2014, and I'm very lucky enough to have made a full recovery, having had my prostate removed, and that got me heavily involved. That was the summer of 2014. By November, I was then decided to grow a moustache, and I've done one ever since, and, and I've become very heavily involved with November. Um, wonderful organisation. It gave me a sense of purpose that there was this crappy thing that had happened to me, but you know, good was coming of it in some small way, and. Um, Literally just before, about a week before lockdown last March, they had their first awards ceremony. And I was awarded a Lifetime Achievement Award, services services to the Mo. Um, and I was so chuffed to get it. It was amazing. And so then lockdown happened about a week later. And I had this thing on my, on my desk beside me. And it's sort of been a, a friend ever since. And, and 
a number of things. It's sort of a, it's a lovely thing to be there, and it, and it, it sort of helps. It just provides me a reason to smile when there's a dark moment. Um, secondly, it reminded me of the, probably the last time I had a good night out. You know, I, I think uh, literally, you know, we were still we were still partying at two in the morning, and, and I think that literally was the last time I went out before lockdown happened. Um, so there's a nice reminder there. But it also it's 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 almost like that monolith from. 2001 a space odyssey you know it's, it's there it's mm. a sort of a wooden totem it almost feels like it's reflecting that time has stood still ever since i picked it up mm. you know um mm. so mm. It, it it just evokes an, a, a number of a number of thoughts in my head and some yeah. of them i sort of provide a nice little uh, something to sort of anchor on to if i just want to have something that makes me smile Wonderful. um so that's one and the second thing actually is this little piece of blue tack um other other adhesive substances are available if you wish but uh, but it, it's it's something that was on my desk the the day of the day of lockdown it was very pristine and white and it's now a sort of a very grubby cadaverous gray and um and i sort of just instinctively find myself throughout the day sometimes it's a it's a cube you know and i just find myself sort of doing this and sometimes i sort of make a circle out of it you know and sometimes it's I, a worm. I, 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 I suspect i suspect it's more wormy when i'm agitated because you sort of it's 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 just something you know some people fiddle um with their pens uh and some people do other things and it's just something it's been a little sort of constant little friend through you know i can be on a call and i can just see myself doing this and and suddenly i've got a little i've got a little dice and suddenly I've got a, you know, so it, it's, you asked me not to overthink it. When I was doing that kind of <laughs> I'm, thing. I'm completely overthinking it. As you're saying it, I'm going, okay, so why would it be a cube for somebody I know. What, and yeah, a circle exactly. for somebody else? What I know, are you I know. That? No, but it's just there. It's a little sort of, a little sort of stress bead or, or whatever you call them. And, and it just takes, it just takes on a life of its own. And one time, I think one of the kids used my desk and I came in the next day and it wasn't there. And Oh, no. It's, it's it's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> I just got so I just got so anxious. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it and it had got it it had, it had got thrown off the other side of the table. It was on the floor, and I, I was I wasn't happy until I found Thank it. Thank God you so, found that. Yeah, exactly. So uh, so yes, those are two little two little lockdown friends that uh, that I have. Wonderful. Okay, so the the monolith, which is the reminder of the last party you had. Yeah. And the the symbolic circle or cube or worm, depending on what's going on. on Thank you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Thank you. So my next question, how do you become conscious of your own physicality? Whether that's simply like what you're wearing or how you move your body or how your voice works, how do you how how conscious are you of it can you describe how you would kind of use that it's interesting actually um there was another uh, a person that we used for coaching um at, uh, at work and uh, we did some sort of physical coaching and so i'm i'm six two i'm about I'm a bit less now. I'm about sort of 15 and a half, but I have been 17 and a half, 18 stone. So I'm not small, let's say, put it like this. And and we we had the, one of these physical 
coaching sessions. And, and he just sort of said to me, he said, Mike, you're a big guy. When you walk into the room, People can get very scared just simply of 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 you walking in. So if you walk in looking like you do, and then if you scowl, you know people will will sort of um, will fret for their lives. Mm. So he said, just be very mindful of how that first physical impression is, um, and, and that's always sort of stuck with me. Just, just in terms of making sure that that if I'm walking into a room. I just just try and smile because I, yeah. I think you know some people have default faces. I know my de- my default face is a bit is more grumpy than anything else. I haven't I haven't got shining smiling eyes unless I work at it. Mm. So I'm so I'm very conscious of of the need to use physical communication, mm. uh, not as a disarming mechanism as such, but just to just to sort of give the immediate impressions that I'm friend not foe. Mm-hmm. Um, Unless you want them to be a bit well, like Mike's entering the room, <laughs> this is true. You know, your nightclub bouncer sometimes yeah. works out quite well, actually. I think of it as tremendously advantageous, not mm-hmm. in being intimidating, but 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 physicality and weight give. Um, there's a quality of trustworthiness, or or believability so that if you say something and you've got a a big physical weight with it i kind of i believe you more yeah i i I get that but but i think going back to the earlier part of this conversation i think you've also got to immediate that the sooner you can give the impression your friend not foe Mm. then i think people will warm to you even more Mm. you know because Mm. because they won't immediately there won't be that sort of fight or flight sort of response to someone someone invading their space and saying something very portentous there was something when you said a man of kent i thought i saw some kind of (laughs) 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 yeah being able to fill a space is good but i think Mm. you need to Mm. be friend not foe Mm. Mm. I, I'm intrigued. We haven't talked about your Movember happenings yet, but mm. I've read your book and loved it, and, and we will come into that. I loved it. Um, I loved some of the metaphors, by the way. Mm. Uh, you, you, you described – I'm going to go on a slight diversion here, but I, I want to go there now. You described being told the news um, that you had cancer as like being upside down – in a kayak, yeah, and trying to force your way back up, mm. and and being unable to in fast flowing water, yeah, exactly, yeah, no, yeah, and and by the way, I'm not a kayaker, so it's not it's not a regular event. <laughs> that's probably why I struggle to get back up. But <laughs> but um, yes, it was. It, you know, that, that's the thing. It, there was just this this I don't know information rush, emotion rush, adrenaline rush, and that's just exactly how I felt. I just felt as if I was totally disoriented mm. um and just unable to write myself unable to to find that anchoring mm. point where i could say where i could pull myself out and saying okay i'm back in the room you know mm. let's carry on with this mm. it's just yeah it, it's a difficult it's a very difficult feeling to describe and mm. it must be i, I wrote yeah. that book just by i mean i wrote it simply i wanted to remember what i'd gone through i didn't write it to publish it i wanted just to make sure i didn't forget and so i re- 
I really just wrote it. It was a, it was a stream of consciousness. I did, I did very little editing to it. I just mm. wrote what I, what was in my head, mm. and um, it was about maybe four four years after it had happened. Mm. And that's just the, the that that upturned canoe was just uh, that that just tumbled yeah. into my head because that was yeah. that was just the right way of describing it. Yeah, it's a very powerful moment. Very. Mm. Mm. Um, November. That has involved huge amounts of big events. I mean, in your book, you describe going and to, sitting in a green room and then going out and doing breakfast TV with London AM or whatever Live. it's called. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, the monolith you've got on your table of the last good night out, you'd have stood on stage. So, so you do do those big events and you do them well. Mm. So how does that balance with your thing of i do one-to-ones well <laughs> it's interesting I, I think um i think one of the main things is that whenever i do a november event i'm just you couldn't be talking about anything more intimately about yourself than what you talk about you know? so i think standing up and i'm asked to then talk about okay talk about your journey talk about the decision, the operation, the recovery, the, the side effects, the impact on your own well-being and stuff like that. I mean, it's very intimate. And I, I just, uh, I've always made a decision just to be completely unfiltered about it. The book's relatively unfiltered as well. I think if you're going to talk about it, talk about it. But it's probably, no, definitely the most intimate conversation about me you know, and and at least no mon- no monkey on my shoulder is going to tell me that yeah. I'm not qualified to talk about myself. Got you know, it. I, I I don't need to brush mm. him off because he's he's not there. Mm. Um, so it's a very natural state, and I think once you've decided that you want to talk about it, it's very easy. Mm. It's very easy, and there's no need to make sure your personality comes through, make sure you have energy in the room because you just, you just naturally fuel yourself. I think the further you get away from core material that's, that's just in your DNA, I guess doubts then creep in. Doubts creep in about your ability to, to get across a series of words that you've had to rehearse rather than just let tumble out uh, in whatever form they come. I think that's the big difference. But has having that experience bled into then feeling freer in other experiences when you're in your normal day job? I mean, has the, yeah, has there been a, a benefit because of that or are they two um, very separate things? Very separate. I think very separate. Uh, I don't, I don't, since I haven't thought about it, I, I don't think that, no, I, it's one of these things. I don't need validation that I can, speak at events i know i can um so standing up in november and talking about stuff whether it's receiving the award or talking about my troubles i don't that hasn't validated my ability to do something or not do something um i think when you go on to when you go on to a stage for work for example i think it comes back to what i just said you're suddenly you're talking about material you're usually talking about material that's one or two or three or four levels detached from your inner being. Mm. And I think the further you get away from that, just just the more doubts creep in as much yeah. as anything else. Yeah. You know, you've got to remember the 10 things to say. And exactly. of course we all know it doesn't matter. You know, if you only <laughs> say eight of them, no one knows what you were supposed to say. So no one's going to mark give you mark, oh he's only said eight things, you know, mm. he didn't say the 10. Mm. Um, but those are the doubts that creep in, I think. So mm. um, 
Mm. And, and it's, it's as much content as it is just the way it's delivered. And yeah. I know when I'm standing up talking about November, I don't need to think. I just talk mm. and it's emotional mm. and, I, and I usually cry. And that, mm. that, that helps me raise more money because everyone, <laughs> everyone loves a blubber, um, <laughs> especially when they're six foot two and 16. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, it, it, yeah, they're very, very different. Mm. Mm. So there's something that you've said there that for 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 the work mode of like how removed you are from self and the further mm. you are from that the harder it becomes which is kind of obvious but but it, it's it's worth remembering isn't it mm. no absolutely yeah yeah good um what's the most nervous you've ever been and and just talk a little bit about your relationship with nerves how it affects you whether it's physical mental whatever that is so my relationship with nerves, you will know this, where before the big pitch, you generally do an internal dry run. And, and that's usually in, in the, within the company and doing it in front of people that I've known for years that just get pulled in to just listen and, and, and critique. And I find those far more nerve wracking than the real thing that will be two days later. In those, I close in on myself. Mm. Um, I just much rather just I'd, I'd cut off my right arm than go through mm. one of those dry runs. Mm. I mean, they're brilliant, they work, and they're necessary, but I hate them. Mm. Why? And I think I just think there's more emotionally at stake talking to people that you've known for years and and getting their disapproval. You know, if a disapproval from a colleague that I've known for thirty odd years would be horrific. Mm. Getting dis not willing to work, ironically, with all of the financial implications of there's no implications for the dry run massively mm. for the big thing but i in those in the big ones in the main meeting i come alive I, the mm. nerves just spark me Brilliant. and i just really buzz up and 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 i can generally not always but you know i really do love going in there and just get an adrenaline surge right let's do this we're ready mm. put me in front of my work colleagues and i've those emotional stakes just run way high and, and mm. I find it really difficult to, to raise myself. So my relationship with nerves in it, the worse they are, I just I know I, know I close in on myself and I just want to yeah. curl up into a ball and just yeah. ignore it. Yeah. So the closing in, and I can I can I can kind of almost imagine that physically, and that is what we do. I think yeah. we contract. Mm. Um, and I was also just noticing how often you use the word emotional, and again, how I, I noted that in the book, how emotional you are. Mm. Um, can you describe that moment when you went back to say thank you to Edna? Oh, that moment in the book. Wow. I wish you told me you were going to ask me that question. Um, that was that was so. Sorry, I might get emotional on this one because um, I always do. Um, I'd got the all clear, and I was, and it was always because I had an operation this summer. It was always the summer that I went for my annual. Um, my annual checks and it was five years in and I got the all clear and this lady called Edme, she'd, she just looked after me all the way through uh, the uh, pre preparing for it and the surgery. And then usually it was her taking the blood tests and stuff like that for the years afterwards. She was lovely. And, and that morning she told me she was leaving to go. I don't know what she was doing. And before I'd gone up to see Ben, my surgeon, I just said, you know, said, Oh, best of luck, all this kind of thing. I went up, uh, ben told me that we'd uh, I had the all clear and um, 
and yeah, I mean, that was a very emotional moment. I came back down and it was, it's, it's one of those old buildings on Wimpole Street. So there's not much daylight coming in there. So you've got this contrast of glorious sunny sky outside, but quite dim, typical doctor's waiting room, really, um, inside. And Edmund was there and, and I sort of said goodbye. I said, good luck. And I walked out and, I, and the door closed behind me. I was in this bathing sunshine. And I just thought, God, what an idiot. You can't leave it like that. I mean, she's been such a wonderful part of, um, of this journey. And I always say it, the journey had horrible, horrible lows, but it just had some amazing highs in it, which people might think that's odd for a cancer journey, but it did. And, um, and I thought, no, I can't leave it like that. So I just went back in and she saw me and I, and I, um, I went to say thank you for saving my life. And I didn't get past thank you. I just sort of and hugged her. And, um, and it was, yeah, just incredible. And she started crying. And the receptionist who didn't even know me, she started crying. And uh, Ben, who was coming down to pick up his next patient, he looked at me and he said, Mike, bugger off. You're causing mayhem in here, aren't you? And I said, well, yeah. <laughs> mayhem sometimes just needs to happen. And, um, and we hugged. And, and I walked out. I thought, okay, yeah. I've done justice to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, yeah, you've just sometimes, sometimes just got to do justice to the moment. And um, yeah, I did justice to that moment and, and I was very pleased I did. Mm. Thank you, Mike. That's all right. Sorry for coming mm. <laughs> <laughs> at you from the side with that one. <laughs> Thank you. I, 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 um, yeah, well, when I read that, I felt the same mm-hmm. and hearing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think it also, for me, made me think of moments where I haven't done that and where, mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't had your experience, but, but moments where we don't honour what, what, what the situation was. Yeah. And that's what's... Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, we, we, I can be very British, mm. although... Anyone who knows me, they'll say, no, no, you're from Irish stock. Mm. You can be very British and very reserved and very, Mm. let's deal with the moment and move on. And let's Mm. not, let's not let emotion get in the way of life. But uh, that's one thing that that the whole prostate cancer journey has taught me is that emotion is, is the only thread that really matters. I think Um, in terms of certainly in terms of relationships, you know, getting that touching a depth a level of emotional intimacy however that manifests itself mm. is is that just keeps the world spinning mm. Um, mm. yeah that's so articulate so uh, that's sort of bringing me round to the question we we kind of touched on earlier and i just want to see where you are with that now which is this this concept of our professional persona and then what you described there, which is so personal and so emotional. Yeah. And I'm just interested where, how, where, where, how you stand with those two different parts of you and how you move between the two or interlink them. What, what's your mm. view on that? Well I, well, I think the easy answer is that I think I've failed if I feel that I've that I've actually distanced between the two, i.e., if my professional persona is different to my personal persona, I consider that as failure. Um, I always want 
to connect with people in whatever I'm doing in a way that is comfortable for me. Um, and what's more comfortable than than your basic state? So, and I think you know, going back to what we've said earlier, I think you can get your point across if you show energy, if you show emotion, empathy, all of those things, and um, and you can just do that by being yourself. Mm. If, if those are the qualities, or not qualities, mm. but if those are the, the the things that you exhibit, then why would you try and overlay that with something else? And I think just people connect more when you're genuine uh and just one little story actually just just it always makes me smile this one um my son jack when he was 14 he work shadowed me for a day um chopped up the day full of internal stuff and external stuff and i gave him a little notepad and i said just um just write down just write down anything that comes to mind anything at all don't matter what it is and being a 14 year old boy he wrote barely anything because <laughs> you know, that was far that was far too much like effort that was more like school but on the train home and it was a long day and um and i said so so what did you write down and he showed me it and one of the things he'd written down was and this really did choke me up he said you talk to you talk to your clients like you talk to your friends and and you know for, for i said to him you 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 won't know this now, but I'll, re- I'll never remind him. I said, I'll remind you in about 10 years' time how much, how unbelievably much that means for mm-hmm. me yeah. to see that you actually noticed it for as mm-hmm. much as anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Clever boy. <laughs> what a lovely yeah. and, 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 and what's so lovely is you can't kid your kid, if you know what I no. mean. They, they see, no, they really know us. So mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a high compliment. Yeah. It is. I mean, I, I, I'm, I ask that question also because I'm I'm also intrigued by it because I think it, it also sometimes begs the question: which bit of ourselves are we showing, and 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 how much? Yeah, which, which aspect of us? Because sometimes, as a professional, um, there's a load of attributes that people want to see in me. If, mm. if, they're talking to you as a partner in a big four firm. There's a load of stuff they want to have that's going to tick that box. So how much do we kind of let other bits into that? Yeah, and I, and I know that. I mean, pe- people don't want me coming into a room and and just filling the room with doubt. You know, they, I'm more often than not being asked to give a view that helps them with a puzzle that they need to uh, to solve in one one way or another and so they what they want to have confidence that I'm I've thought about it enough and, and I'm confident enough of what I'm about to say to say it is a it is a realistic answer to that puzzle but again going back picking up what's probably a theme of this is I want to see humanity I want to see someone who's who understands my position whether it's um, whether it's the technical elements or the the personal elements of it, and and you know if if you're a walking computer or a textbook or or whatever, and you just come in and you trot out something monotone and walk away as if there's no alternative to that, and and this is the answer because that's what page 134, paragraph C says. I'm not going to believe that. I want to know that someone's probably had a bit of a doubt actually as to whether that is the right answer, and then. That, that's caused them to think a little bit more and cause them to pause and think, well, okay, 
but does it suit all of the circumstances? Does it? And sometimes there's no right answer other than no, you can't do it. Mm. But I want to know that someone has stress tested mm. every scenario to work mm. out what it might be mm. and has challenged me appropriately and made mm. me think. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of that just stems from humanity. Lovely. Maybe that's an yeah. way of looking at no, it. But. at all. And, and, but the, the interesting bit, as you were saying that, is I, I started to see how valuable you would be as a kind of um, trusted advisor to talk to when when you had that, because because of the humanity, you actually show more um, expertise and and um, adaptability. Yeah. That that brings me to the, the the question about you talked about if we were walking computers, which to a large extent we are now, mm. dismembered heads talking on computers to other dismembered heads. What what are your highs? What's the best bit you've had from this experience, and what is the lows? What's the hardest bit you challenged with? The whole Zoom thing, sort of just two. Um, I think we probably touched on it earlier. I mean, I, I think the highs are you can. You can very much isolate, you know, so I can be sitting here and I want to make a point and I can see you, you're, you know, you're, you're the same distance apart from your camera as I am from mine. So I've got your attention, whether you like it or not, you know, you're not at the back of a room, just, just off a red eye in a boardroom, falling asleep or, or playing Tetris. So, so I think if I, I can, I think you can be in, in the moment Mm. a lot better you, you, every everyone is the same distance apart mm. i guess but, but does that count if there's eight people on a call well if there's eight people on a call well i mean if everyone's on a call like this so there's three on a call at the moment we're all we're all exactly the same distance apart from our computer broadly from the camera so so none of us are further or nearer or further which makes it horrifically two-dimensional i'm, I'm not saying i love it you know far from it but but if there's eight people on a call i can easily be on mute and checking my emails can't i you can yes you can i'm not saying it's perfect but but we're all i'm if i'm talking to one person i'm talking to everybody as equals as physically physically proximate equals i think and and you know sometimes it's harder when everyone's big distances apart and it doesn't always happen but uh, I think we're, I think we're all two-dimensionally physical equals. Got it. Zoom Got it. I like there are yeah there are benefits to that. Yeah. The, the the horrific downsides is everything we've talked about about not being in the room and not being able to to just enjoy people's physical company mm-hmm. and and read their body language and impart my own micro movements that 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 go with the package all that kind of thing. So. So I'm, I'm not saying for a moment that I'm looking for it to continue, but I think it does. It it is a it is to some extent a benefit of everyone being equals. Calls. Mm. I like that. It's 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 very logical actually, and it and it's quite comforting in its logic, which is we are exactly as you said, um, um, equidistant from our screens and from each other in a confined space. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Final question. It could be, this is if you could develop an Olympic standard 
presentation skill of any sort, what 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 would you want to get Olympic standard at in terms of communication? Um, it might apply to something where I was just thinking, what how would that be different on Zoom? Um, we'll see. What 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 would you want to develop to Olympic standard in terms of communication and presentation? So yes, yeah, so this was a question that you posed to me earlier and i've so my thinking i'm uh, i'll in true politician fashion i won't directly answer your question but uh but, so, so your olympic standard is never to be able to answer it to, to, yeah, to always answer the question swerving yeah correct yeah, exactly yeah. no but there is an Olymp there is an olympic theme i promise you that yeah. so for fear of sounding like a broken record i would say getting personality across in communication would be would be the olympic sport that i would like and and thinking about it, so if you think about ice skating, you get you get two marks, don't you? You get technical merit and artistic impression. And I think if I, if I really want to take these analogies to the max, and you know I always do, the words that you say get you the marks for technical merit, but the the humanity and the personality that you put into it are the marks for artistic impression. Mm. And I would shoot for those perfect tens, or is it? I don't even. It might just be a six on on ice skating. But you know what I mean. If it, give me give me a mark, a high mark all day long for artistic impression. If 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 personality was the um, was the Olympic skill, and, and I, I I would give far less credibility to technical merit. Brilliant, brilliant. I love that. I'm so happy you ended us on an ice skating. <laughs> Because <laughs> you know, ice skating is my favourite <laughs> thing. Brilliant. Yeah, exactly. I can just see you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Dom, I can see Dom laughing uh, because, at the top of the screen. Have you got any questions? Well, it was just because, of course, I can't see your whole frame. Um, just your disembodied head, as, as <laughs> Noah would put it. But uh, And just the vision of you sort of ice skating with your six-foot-two frame just had me giggling. They just seeing you doing pirouettes and maybe yeah, getting yeah. an amazing artistic vote to give in your frame. But uh, that was yeah, it. Yeah, well, for, for the record, I haven't skated in... 20 years and I think that's and I haven't because I was crap at it then so, <laughs> so why, why flog a dead horse so. but the, the analogy was brilliant though and and I certainly got that um I had one question for you which I actually had long before even the interview was I don't know how close a shave you had um with with mortality um back in 2013 2014 um how did it change the way that you communicated has it changed in some way how you reacted with people how you communicated with them um so the shameless plug would be read my book because i do i do go into this um <laughs> yeah I, I i don't think it's changed how i communicate so so what i say uh, i don't think it's necessarily changed that but but it's changed the sort of the the types of things that I want to talk about. I, I think whereas before, if, if, if you'd had some difficult circumstances in your life or grief or whatever, and I knew that, I, I, I would not go towards you. I'd be sympathetic and all of that kind of stuff, but I, I wouldn't move towards you because I'd be thinking, you don't want to talk about it again. You've got plenty of people for support. You know, you, you, maybe I'm intruding. But now, 
I, I really, I'd be one of the first people to go over to you and say, sorry for your loss or sorry, um, do you fancy talking about it or whatever? And of course, then if you don't, I walk away. But I'm, I'm much more drawn to emotional conversations. Uh, you know, almost like if there's a, if there's a little spark, you suddenly you see a little spark in the corner of a room, of a darkened room. Sometimes it frightens you away, but I'm drawn to them now. If I see that spark, I'm like, okay, what's that? You know, mm. I wonder what that is, and I wonder mm. if that's something that 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 would benefit from me being closer to than further away. Mm. So, mm. so it, it it's very very much changed that side of things, and my craving for em, emotional connectivity, but not necessarily how I say it or mm. what I say. Do you think that it's sort of increased a bit your empathic spectrum in a sense that I don't know whether before that perhaps. <laughs> You, I wouldn't say less empathic because, of course, I don't know what you were like beforehand. But your, as I said, the sort of spectrums, how much you could pick up other people's grief or be that little bit more sensitive towards it. That you would say it's increased that. Yeah, yeah I think so. I think I don't think it's changed me, but I think it's brought down the barriers. Mm. Um, I think there would be. Re- I would convince myself that I'm not worthy enough to enter into that conversation. Mm. I wouldn't add enough to it to, to justify. In the intrusion, let's call it that. Mm-hmm. It, it, it usually never is an intrusion, but you know what I mean. I'd sort of convinced myself. I talked myself out of of being relevant in that space. But now I think, having been through that and having benefited hugely from from people coming to me and and talking. And sometimes I wouldn't want to talk, but sometimes I would just love to talk. You think, okay, I think I can make a difference there from the other side. So it's broke. It hasn't changed me, but it's broken down my barriers. Um, it's a lovely image, being attracted to the spark. If you see something, and and I guess what happens to the spark? Yeah. Sometimes it, it dies out. Sometimes yeah. it, and sometimes sometimes you get your fingers burnt. You know, yeah. but it doesn't stop you. Yeah. Doesn't stop you picking it up, yeah. toying with it. Hmm. Mike, thank you so much. It's been an honour and a pleasure to listen to you the honor has been all mine to be asked so thank you i have one final question which is what shape is the blue tack in now (laughs) it's 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 a circle i left it as a circle and don't even get me thinking about what that means i have no idea whatsoever But it's it's a, actually I'll put it I'll put it on top of the Mo Awards. Oh, I've I've never joined them in holy matrimony. Oh, I'm yeah, so, yeah, that to, feels to, right. To celebrate to, to celebrate this, I'll, I've done so. There that you go. Feels right. Brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. All right. Thank you so much. Okay, brilliant. Thanks, guys. This was uh, this was a pleasure.